code? Be still. Be still. Be still. Be still. And I uh, don't know what I'm saying about that, but it's good. Lord, thank you for your anointing and your presence to preach the word tonight. God, I thank you for every person that's in the room, every person that's watching live on Facebook right now. God, I thank you this will be a word in season for many. God, I thank you that you are our peace. You're the peace in the midst of a storm. And I thank you, Lord, that we can be still before you and know that you have everything sorted. Lord, nothing is catching you by surprise. And we are so grateful and, faith and, and happy of, about your faithfulness and goodness. So, Lord, thank you. Prepare our hearts. Let us hear you. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for people receiving visions and uh, words of knowledge tonight, Lord, people just hearing your voice so clearly. Um, Lord, you would speak to the depths of every human heart in this room. In Jesus' name, amen. So uh, it's called Be Still, and uh, I'm going to be preaching out of Psalms 46, 10. And uh, if you all know that, be still and know that I am God. And uh, so I'm going to get it out of the Passion Translation. How many love the Passion Translation? You'd be surprised how many comments I get when I post in the Passion Translation. Everyone wants to call me a heretic, tell me I'm part of the problem. And uh, I'm like, come on, guys, read the Word. Become the Word. Don't get caught up in your one version. Um, God speaks in uh, different ways, and uh, He's not limited to one version, just to put that to rest right now. So I'm going to read it out of two translations. So if you don't like the first one, you get the second one. Psalms 46.10, I just believe just great language for us in, uh, in this day and age. I really just feel like it connects with people. I love to preach the Passion Translation, especially with people who haven't heard the Word of God before. Um, sometimes even you guys, myself, will read the Word of God, and like, I have no idea what that says. I go to the Passion Translation, I'm like, oh, that's awesome. That makes, makes sense. Um, so Psalms 46.10 says, surrender your anxiety, be silent and stop your striving, and you will see that I am God. I am the God above all nations, and I will be exalted throughout the whole earth. I'll read that again. Surrender your anxiety. How many know you meant to surrender your anxiety, not fight through it? The more I work with the Lord, the more I realize that this is not a fight, it's a surrender. The fight is to surrender and not fight in your own strength. That's a good fight of faith. Surrender your anxiety, be silent, and stop your striving. You will see you will see that I am God. So note that it's when we be silent and stop our striving, then we begin to see that He is God. I am the God above all nations. I will be exalted throughout the whole earth. And Psalms 46.10 in the Amplified Classic Edition says, let be and let and be still. Turn to your neighbor and say, let be. Your other neighbor and say, be still. So let be and be still and know and recognize and understand that I am God, and I will be exalted above the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. So the Hebrew word for what the, the be still means in Hebrew, um, I looked it up. It actually means to let drop, to abandon, to relax, to reframe, and forsake. To let go, to reframe, to let alone, to be quiet. So stillness before the Lord is not just, hey, shut your mouth, be quiet. Stillness before the Lord is a surrender, it's a letting go, it's a forsaking of our own striving, it's a stop running around frantically, stop giving into my anxieties, give that anxiety to me. So be still is not just to be quiet before the Lord, it's actually to cease or to drop off or to let things go or let things go that are out of our control. 
Amen. I've noticed a lot in our, in our society right now that if we look on uh, YouTube or Facebook or you watch, unfortunately watch like one clip about some kind of debate, all of a sudden you have like 20 more coming your way. And I don't know if you notice this, but by the end of it, you're like, why am I so agitated and anxious right now? And you're seeing what's going on in the world. You're like, man, this is crazy. How, do, how am I going to sort this out? How, what, what do I do? The problem seems so big. And all of a sudden, we are not still before the Lord. All of a sudden, we've forgotten that God is God. And we think that it's just a humanistic issue that we need to resolve in our own strength. Preaching to nobody. So I'm sitting in my office. I'm, I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed. There's been some different situations, circumstances that have happened. Um, not all of them are bad. Just, it's just life. Stuff's happening. And uh, I, I said to the Lord, like, what is happening, right? And I see this picture. I, don't, I think I sent it through. So um, this is what I see, right? I didn't see a surfing dude because that's, that's, I couldn't get him out of there. I couldn't Photoshop him out. But this right here, this is what they, I don't know if this is even real, but it was exactly what I saw. There's this huge wave, a massive wall of water, and then right on the shore, right? It's called like a shore break, and if, the, the, if it's got like a depth and a big undertow, they, they get that big on the shore and just dump and just like recycle you, right? So I'm thinking, this is how I'm feeling, right? I'm, I'm, I feel like, I, I said, Lord, what is happening? He shows me a picture of this massive wave, the wave being the enemy. And I'm just like this little dude. I'm probably, if I took my shirt off, I'm bigger than this dude, obviously. But <laughs> I couldn't find one of me. But sorry, getting way off topic here. This had nothing, it wasn't about me. It was about the wave. And so, <laughs> so anyway, this is the enormity of like this big overwhelming feeling. I don't know if you've ever felt like that, but if you've ever felt anxious, it's this whole overwhelming feeling that I'm about to just get like dumped on, like, this thing's about to break on me and just crush me, right? This is actually the, a demonic strategy. This is actually what the enemy wants to do. He wants, he wants to intimidate you. He wants you to feel like that you're, you're this little, little person here and this big wave just about to just wreck you. And he'll use all kinds of situations and circumstances just to give you the feeling like it's starting to build up. This thing's starting to get bigger and it's just starting to break at the top. And any moment now, I'm gonna get just destroyed, Right? And so I'm like, I'm like, I'm, I'm seeing a picture, an image of me, the Holy Spirit's giving me a picture of me at the bottom in this massive wave and saying like, the enemy's trying to like overwhelm you with just stuff, just not even big stuff, just stuff in general. And so I'm like, well, then I got the scripture, be still, and I'm like, okay, so I just stand there and just take the hit? <laughs> like, I'm just going to ride this thing out? I'm just going to stand here and just be still? Because anxiety makes, make, makes us want to run, Right? If you're ever in a situation like that where you have something facing you and you think, man, it's something's about to like break, there's usually what, what psychologists call uh, fight or flight. And so we'll either like gap it as fast as we can and just run and just drop everything, or we'll kind of like try to like beat the air and try, <laughs> try and fight this wave, which isn't going isn't gonna to work, right? And so be still is the opposite of that. Be still is stand where you are, be still and trust me. Anxiety wants us to, to run around. Anxiety wants us to just run here to and try and dodge this thing. It's going to crush me. I need to get out. I just got to do whatever I can to get out. But the word of the Lord was be still and know that I'm God. And so I see this wave, and then all of a sudden the wave's about to crash down. I'm like, man, I'm gone. That's it. And then it just splits right over my head. It was the coolest thing. It was like, a, it was like there was like an angel or someone just above me, and just as that wave came down, it just went and split in half. And I'm still there. I was like, well, that was awesome. 
So be still means to give that wave to the Lord. God, I'm, I'm small, the wave's big, life is crazy, things are happening in my life, I'm feeling overwhelmed by the enemy, I feel like I'm going to just get absolutely destroyed, and he says, be still and know that I'm God, or let go of the things that you're trying to hold on to and control in your own strength. Give to me what only I can sort out. Give me your anxiety. Give me your concerns. Give me your financial issues. Give me your relational concerns. Give to me your health concerns. Give to me your identity. Give to me how you're feeling today. Without us actually being still, which means to give over or let go or let sink, if we don't give those things to the Lord, what happens is the enemy starts to create a wave in front of us. And then anxiety starts to rule and reign. But the reality is that God is with us even in the midst of the storm. He's with us in the midst of everything we're going on. And this is what I wanna, I wanna talk about two different things tonight, but I need us to understand that there's always gonna be a wave in our life. There's always gonna be an enemy. There's always gonna just be life, situations and circumstances. You know, you, you're still gonna have to have relational things with people because people live on the planet. Like you can do the whole move to West Coast thing and live by yourself and never see another human being for 60 years. Guess what? You're still going to be there. And you're probably going to have some issues with yourself. <laughs> Might not look like the way you talk to yourself. I don't know. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is you can't escape life. You can't escape that Christianity is not an escape from life. It's not a, it's not a just get out of jail free card. It's the promise that God will be with us, Jesus will be with us in the midst of everything that's going on in our life. And so we all have different seasons, we all have different things we're going through, but the word of the Lord to us is to be still. Which means I just need to, I just need to quiet down the wave, I need to just see that the wave's there, yes, things are building up, yes, pressure is coming, but I have a, I have a God who loves me, I have a Jesus who is with me that said He'll never leave me nor forsake me. And as that wave comes crashing down, guess what's going to happen? I'm still going to be standing right there. Come on, because the only thing the enemy can do is actually intimidate you with situations and circumstances. What he wants to get, I want you to leave your position of authority. I want you to leave your trust and your faith in Jesus. And I want you to take things in your own hands. And I want you to run around like a headless chook and let me smash you. True story. But we have, we have Jesus, we have, we have our good shepherd, we have, we have the one who said, hey, don't build your life on the sand, build it on the rock. He said, and when the wind and the waves come, he didn't say if they come, he didn't say the wind and waves won't come to you if you build it on a rock. They say when it comes, guess what, you'll still be standing and the other house will be washed away. So we have to live as being still before the Lord. So I want to, I want to... This is, just run with me. By the end of this tonight, you'll get what I'm saying. But there's this whole be still before the Lord, and then I'm reading, I'm reading Acts 8. How many read the book of Acts? Oh, so good. Come on. And so we're talking about Philip, and Philip, Philip is not, it's, we're not talking about Apostle Philip. We're talking about Philip who was prayed for to make sure that everyone's getting fed, right? And so we see in, in, in the book of Acts that Stephen gets, like, killed, martyred. Paul's there, the apostle Paul wasn't an apostle yet, he's still Saul, and he's there agreeing that this should happen, right? 
So one of the brothers, one of his friends, one of, one of the people that he's been doing ministry alongside literally just got dragged outside and they threw stones at him and killed him. Pretty big deal. I know how we like to leave, read the Bible very disconnected, but the reality is if we put ourselves in his shoes, man, to see my friend dragged out in the street and, and stoned to death because he preached the gospel of Jesus, that's a big deal. <laughs> Samir, you're getting pumped up. <laughs> you're so cute. And so, um, so Stephen gets killed, and then so it says that the church, they, they, apart from the apostles, they stayed in Jerusalem, but everyone else in the church began to spread out. So Philip actually went to Samaria, and he, when he went to Samaria, he preached the gospel. Come on, got a bunch of people saved, saved, prayed for people that were getting healed, and lame people were walking. Even a sorcerer got saved and seen the power of God. And uh, he, long story short, you know, we, we know what happened to him and a few different stuff, but that's not the sermon today. Then he's preaching there, and then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit says to him, he says, go to the desert road. So he goes to the desert road, and then he sees a chariot coming, and the Holy Spirit says, get on this chariot, and then he preaches the gospel to the Ethiopian, to the eunuch, and preaches the gospel to him, water baptizes him, then it says the Spirit takes him up, and he puts him in another place called Estos, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, and then then the Bible says that he preaches the gospel through all the towns back to Jerusalem. (laughs) Incredible. You say, well, Corey, what has this got to do with being still? Well, the reality is his friend just got killed. His friend got martyred, and he had to flee because of persecution. Now, if we were to take that in today's context, most of us wouldn't preach the gospel as we go because we've got a flat tire in the morning. Once again, because we believe that to be still is that nothing is happening in my life. When I'm in a place of nothing happening in my life and I can be still, then I can preach the gospel. When the kid's growing and I have no more financial issues, and when I've sorted out every relationship in my life, then when I've got peace and nothing's going on around me and all those waves are gone, Jesus, get rid of the waves. Then I'll preach the gospel. Then I'll get about my calling. Then I'll, then I'll get about living out my Christianity when everything is peaceful, when everything is still. And the reality is that there's always going to be a wave. The enemy's always going to come and try and overwhelm us. And the sad thing is that if he believes that he can overwhelm you with a circumstance, he can actually keep you inactive in your calling. All I got to do is just send a little minor inconvenience. All I got to do is just get a few little things, build them really high up, and Corey will get frustrated and anxious, and he'll gap it. And he won't preach the gospel. He won't have time for people. He, he, he won't take the time he usually would if he had nothing else on when everything's good. This is what the enemy's strategy is. How do I, how do I overwhelm the people of God to get them to justify why they can't be on mission right now. And so I want to I wanna just reaffirm the gospel to you that it is not the absence of waves that brings us peace, but it is Jesus in the midst of it who gives us stillness and gives us peace that we can actually still be about what God has called us to do. Because when I look at the life of Philip, I'm thinking, man, he's got every reason to be like, I'm not preaching today, my mate just got killed. 
just give me like a few weeks to process. And I'm not even sure I want to preach in these other villages because Saul could be on his way here as well, which he was. Praise God, Jesus knocked him off his donkey. Get him, Jesus. Come on, he encounters the Lord. But I just, I was amazed that every place he went to, he never justified why he couldn't preach the gospel or why I can't baptize you or why I can't do this. He just had this understanding that with God, I have peace. With Jesus, the Prince of Peace, that I can be in any situation, that I can, I can face persecution or adversaries or can just have stuff happen in my life, but I'm still available and on mission. I'm still aware of the voice of the Lord. I'm still aware of the people around me that need to hear Jesus. And so if we don't understand that stillness is not nothing happening in my life, but stillness is giving everything over to God that I can't control, then I'll be aware and hearing His voice and ready in season and out of season to share the gospel. When I say that, please don't say just Corey talking to people on the street about Jesus. Yes, that's sharing the gospel, but you living the Christian life. Like how many of us have acted poorly or, or missed an opportunity because we just didn't feel like we were like there in that, in that season? Like I'll go first and put my hand up. When, when I feel like I'm in a rush and I've got heaps of stuff on, man, I'm not looking around like, okay, yo, who's on crutches? Who can I pray for? Who, who looks like they need Jesus right now? Come on, Holy Spirit, what are those opportunities you place around me right now where I can just like pray for someone or just ask someone, how you doing? Or, hey, nice hat, Jesus loves you. you know? <laughs> the, the reality is when I'm on a mission, that happens all the time. Like when we went out for the Catalyst tour, I, I talked to like 20 odd, I don't know how many people I talked to, but it was a lot of people. And I'm just walking around because I'm like, well, I'm on mission. That's why I'm here. I'm not in town to just like get my groceries done. I'm in town to like talk to people about Jesus. So that's my mission. And so all of a sudden there's opportunities all around me, but those opportunities are always there. But when I feel like my life's out of control, or I've got a lot of stuff on, my, my first thing that shuts off is, hey, preach the gospel. Okay, just me. Hopefully I'm not just talking to myself tonight. I should have just preached to myself and stayed home. But I know this is helping someone. And so we, we, we've got to see that, that understanding that there's always going to be a wave. There's always going to be a storm in our life. There's always going to be pressure of life. None of that's ever going to cease. I don't want people to abort their calling or miss what God has for them because they're so fixated on when everything is sorted in my life and everything is still, then I'll go. Because we were sent to go anyway. Like we, we talk about the, the miracle when Jesus said to the wind and the waves, be still. And everyone wants that prayer. I think the greatest miracle was that in the midst of the storm, Jesus was asleep. That's my prayer. Lord, how do I get the kind of faith that even when there's a storm around me, I can still nap? <laughs> like everyone else is freaking out. The ship's going down. Jesus doesn't care about us. Wake him up. And Jesus is asleep in the boat. In the midst of a raging storm with fishermen who are used to fishing, this one must have been a pretty bad one because they were pretty petrified that they were gonna die. And yet Jesus 
is asleep. Why? Because the Prince of Peace does not need peace around him for him to be okay. I want to I put your name in there. You do not need peace around your circumstances for you to be still, for you to drop things, for you to say, God, I, I don't want to carry this. This is not in my control. I need to give it to you and let that wave crash and split over top of you. Let the, let the enemy come with his intimidation. The Bible says that he roars around like a, like, a, a, like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. I love that word, like a roaring lion. What does that mean? He's not one, <laughs> but he likes to show himself that he is. And so the enemy comes and he takes our circumstances and our situations and he tries to build the big wave. He wants to try and overwhelm us, but the truth is that we have safe and at peace in the hands of God. As I said with um, Philip, he was on that, on the way, in the midst, like soul to the earth kind of, kind of lifestyle. That's, that's what I, I want the church to be about. That's what I want to be about myself. I, I don't want to be an event-based Christian where I can evangelize on evangelism weekend and then the rest of the time I'm just trying to survive life. Because the, the gospel that I see in the book of Acts, they, they didn't have a we do things when everything's okay mentality. They lived a life unto God. Someone's getting persecuted, we're preaching the gospel. Come on, if people are getting put in jail, we're preaching the gospel. The crowds are for us, we're preaching the gospel. The crowds are against us, we're preaching the gospel. My tire went flat, we're preaching the gospel. Someone said they don't like me, we're preaching the gospel. Come on, someone defriended me, we're preaching the gospel. Come on, work sucked this week, we're preaching the gospel. Work doesn't suck for me, obviously I work at church, so it's never, never get it, <laughs> never have a sucky day. It's like heaven on earth. <laughs> Amen. It's true, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed. But it's this whole lifestyle, right? And, uh, <laughs> so if we, if we render ourselves unavailable and ineffective every time there is a wave coming in our life, we've let the enemy win. We, we've let him have his way in our world because we have allowed the wave or the potential buildup of things to stop us being who we're called to be. And we've shifted from stillness We've shifted from trust in the Lord to I can only be effective when there's nothing happening in my life. That's the kind of Christianity that I wanna get out of. I, I, I wanna be okay even though everything's not okay. I, I still wanna hear the Lord even when I'm in a rush and I've got thousand things to do. I still want to have time for the person in the checkout. I still want to have time for the one that's, you know, not doing too well or struggling. I, even though I know that I have enough stuff in my own life going on, I give that to the Lord. Come on. It's yours. I, I'm not sure if I should share tonight, but I wanted to talk a little bit about Zach. If you haven't met Zach, he's a good looking man at the back there. 
And uh, you probably already heard the story, but Zach would tell it way better. I'm, I'm looking forward to the day he shares what happened because he's him and I'm me. But the first time I met Zach was like a God-ordained thing. And the thing that I love most about it is that I was just out fishing. Like, I just went fishing. I didn't go on a missions trip. <laughs> didn't go out and say, I really need to be down there and witnessing to people down at the river. It wasn't even my thought. I just wanted to go fishing. I wanted to catch a rainbow, for goodness sake. <laughs> just one or two or just something. Catch something. <laughs> and so, long story short, but that was the first time that I met, that I met Zach. He's in, the, he's in the water. He apologizes to me for scaring away the fish because he jumped off the bridge. I'm thinking, yeah, you did scare them away. <laughs> but I didn't say that. I didn't say that out loud. I said, I said, bro, it's fine. I said, I'm not having any luck tonight. As soon as I said that, bang, fish on. And so I'm reeling in this rainbow as Zach's swimming in. I'm like, Lord, what's going on here? And as, as quick as... As quick as Zach turned up, he's vanished again. I don't know where he went, but I was like, man, was I meant to like talk to him or something? I felt like there was something more going on than just like a couple dudes saying hi to each other in the midst of a river. And I felt God say, hey, that's the next fish. I forgot about it. And then obviously Zach turned up the next Sunday and had a word of knowledge about his hip and prayed for him and got healed and then he gave his life to Jesus and so cool and so many other things happen. So I'm not going to share your whole story, Zach. But the, the whole point of why I'm sharing that is because I was just going about my normal life and God moved. God moved in Zach. God moved in me. He orchestrated the whole thing. I still remember we, we would go, we go to, I shouldn't really tell you where we go because people just think we just go to EB Games and Kingpin. <laughs> you, you wouldn't be lying if you said that. <laughs> It's probably, it's probably church first, then Kingpin, then EB Games. <laughs> That's our mission fields. <laughs> Me and my wife have been in there looking at stuff, and, you know, we've, we've prayed for a, a lady in there, and she'd unfortunately lost her baby, and we prayed, and then the next time we went in there, she was pregnant with twins, and uh, we prayed for people's backs and all kinds of stuff, and it's just, and it always seems to happen when we're just, like, out and about doing life, but aware of what God's up to, right? Because we've taken the pressure off, we're still, we're not, we're not striving, we're not trying to create and make something happen. The times when I've been the most fruitful in my life is when I've just been realizing, hey, I'm a son whom God loves, and I'm about my father's business. When I start walking with that kind of perspective, because that actually brings stillness, that brings a trusting in the Lord, that wherever I go and wherever I, whoever I meet or whoever I talk to, I'm not alone, God's with me. The days when I can actually believe that and live that out are the most fruitful times of my life. The most unfruitful times of my life is when I am just overwhelmed with life. And I'm just like, I just gotta sort me and survive this next wave, catch my breath before the next one comes, but that's not how God's asked us to live. He said that he would be with us in the midst. He said that he would be the peace in the midst of the storm. 
even Peter, you know, walking out on the boat. It's amazing that he gets out there and it's calm and then all of a sudden, what happens? Wind and waves. It's the wind and the waves that make him doubt that he can do it because he was already doing it before. <laughs> it's the same demonic strategy that has happened all through time. How do I overwhelm the people of God? How do I make them feel like they're going to get swamped? How do I make them feel like there's no light at the end of the tunnel? How do I make them lose hope and get them to live a life of hopelessness? How do I get them to disconnect from faith and trust in God and start taking things into their own hands? That's a demonic strategy. And so he's always, the, the devil is always gonna try and get, to, always gonna try to overwhelm us. But the Bible says, be still. Come on, surrender your anxiety, be still and stop your striving and you will see that I am God. I am the God above all nations and I will be exalted through the earth. Let be and be still and know and understand and recognize that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted over the earth. So being still is a, is a releasing and a surrendering of everything that's out of our control. If there's anxiety in your life or you're anxious about many things, I would question you, would ask you, encourage you to take an inventory of the things that you're actually trying to control that you can't actually control. You can't change the weather. Maybe you have faith for it, go for it. You can't change how people are gonna speak to you or respond to you. I couldn't change the amount that my rent got increased even though I tried. <laughs> Lord, I thought you loved me. <laughs> he does love me. But again, these are all things that are out of our control. By the way, I'm using very first world problems here, but unfortunately that's the Western world, but they're real things for people. It's, it's silly for us to say, well, they don't matter. You should just look at the rest of the world and see how they're doing. The reality is we're not living in the rest of the world. We're living here. And the enemy will still use little insignificant things to try and build that wave up. And so I have to actually realize there's some things in my life that I actually have no control over. Those are the things that I have to say, God, I'm gonna let this go and give it to you. I can't, I can't force timing. I can't force people to respond a certain way. I can't, I can't do that. I'm gonna have to give the whole situation over to you. That's what it means to be still. A, a giving over of everything that we cannot control to the Lord. The second part of being still is once I've given over everything to Him, all I need to do now is stay connected. All I need to do is abide in the Lord. John 15, my favorite chapter. Abide in Him. It says without Him we can do nothing. That we are the branches, He is the vine. So our whole process is I'm gonna give God all the things that I can't control and then I'm just gonna stay hooked up and connected to Him in the midst of chaos. So anxiousness and striving 
disconnects us from abiding. Anxiousness, stressfulness, busyness disconnects us from abiding, resting, and being still in the presence of God. I heard uh, one great man say that hurriedness or, be, or hurried is the enemy of spirituality. If I am in inner turmoil, if I am in inner panic, there's no way that I'm gonna hear God clearly. And it's not because he doesn't wanna speak, it's because I'm running around frantically. This is why I always encourage people, if you need to make a decision, if you're stressed about stuff, you, you want to get in a place of rest and hear the Lord. The, the more you start panicking, the more you become more and more anxious, God's not speaking, God's not speaking, God's not speaking, the deafer you're becoming. And it's not because God doesn't wanna speak, it's because you've, you've jumped out of stillness and you've got into striving. I'm gonna get the Lord to speak. None of us would say that out loud, but next minute we've got a 21-day fast happening. And if the Lord said do that, by all means, I'm not being legalistic. But if you're like, if I do this, this, and this, God's gonna speak to me, man, you've missed it. You might be better off just having a meal, opening your Bible, and taking a deep breath in. Sounds easy, I know. It's actually harder than what you realize because we, I actually find legalistic going after things easier than just resting and saying, okay, God, here I am, I'm listening. Can't be that easy. It's gotta be harder than that, right? It's, it's not, it's called relationship. Am I making sense tonight? So stillness disappears. Stillness disappears when I get into striving, anxiousness. So what I wanna say to you tonight is, if we wanna be effective, if we wanna be, I believe every person in this room wants to be an effective, fruitful Christian, we're gonna to have to get used to being still before the Lord even when there is a massive wave in front of us. Because as, if I see that wave and I look at that thing and say, it's gonna destroy me, the first thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna disconnect from all the people around me. I'm gonna disconnect from my calling because what's happened? I've just gone into fight mode. I've just gotta survive this. I've just gotta get through this and there'll be another time for me to think outwards. <laughs> That's the strategy of the enemy. My goal was to realize, God, there's a massive thing in front of me. Here's all the things that, that's building up. Here's all the things that I'm starting to think of. Here's all the things that I'm worried about. The Bible says, cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. Here's all my cares. Here's all my concerns. It's starting to build up and the enemy is gonna use it to try and swamp me. But hey, I'm gonna just start deconstructing this wave right now. Here's this concern. Here's this concern. Here's this concern. Just start firing it. Two hands probably would be better. Just get it out real fast. Throw it all over to him and say, well, actually, enemy, my God, he has this sorted. I'm gonna let go and let God if I was gonna do a preaching class tonight, I would say that really loud and you guys would start hollering at me and say, preach it. But I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna let, let go and let God 
I can't control these situations. God knows what's going on in my life. He understands. He, you know, come on, he walked in flesh. He's not, he understands my humanity. He understands the concerns I have. He knows I need food. He knows that. He knows that my family needs somewhere to live. Come on. He knows all the things that I have concerns for. And he actually doesn't, he's not like Corey, I don't really care about the stuff. He cares for me. He cares for my wife. He cares for my kids. He cares for you. So God, here's all my cares. I give it to you. Next minute, that wave is starting to dismantle. Or the wave is crashing and not even hitting you. Because it was all just a fake buildup of things that the enemy was trying to use to swamp you. But how can he swamp you with stuff you've given to the Lord? How can he swamp you with a wave that you have dismantled and given to the Lord? It's in his hands now. And I don't think God's in the habit of taking all the stuff that we care about and saying, it's all on you. Put it on his son. His name is Jesus. So I wanna give all my concerns to God and then I just wanna stay connected. God, help me, help me see you, help me know you. Help me find this place of rest and peace that only comes from you. Thank you, Lord, it doesn't come when everything is sorted out in my life. Thank you, it's available to me right now. Thank you that your peace is available to me right now because peace is not the absence of external factors, but peace is a person and his name is Jesus and he lives inside of me and he cares for me and he said he'll never leave me nor forsake me. The kind of peace that sleeps in the middle of a boat, in the middle of a storm. That's some solid peace there, man. That's awesome. So Jesus loves me and he cares for me. So all I wanna do is just stay connected to him and give him all my problems, give him all my concerns. And then if he comes to me and says, Corey, hey, you actually need to address this one. You need to do something here. And this is what I'd like you to do. Guess what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna do that straight away. (laughs) Because it's not just, I throw my hands up, I don't know what to do. It is, it is that you give it to him. And then if he gives it back to you and says, hey, I want you to do this, You live that out. He wants to partner with his people. But he's not gonna overwhelm you because it's not up to you. You're not on your own. You're not about, you're not the the little, where's the guy? Where's my friend? My body double. (laughs) Is he there? Is he coming back? You're not by yourself. This is, and I'll speak to the men in the room. I know this is not a flourish woman's thing. They get their own night so we can have one sermon, okay? They get their whole day, so the men need something. But um, <laughs> I can hear people, no, that's right, I'm going to ignore that and uh, give it to the Lord. I'm giving it to the Lord. It's just this wave of feminism. See this? No, <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. It's not going to get me, all right? Uh, so, especially, no, it's, it's for every person, but especially, especially, Guys, I believe, right? We, we, we buy into this lie that everything is up to me. Like head of the home, I'm the husband, I'm the spiritual, you know, I'm responsible. You know, I know, I know times have changed and, and women work as well and I'm not saying anything against that, but there's something in the heart of a man that, that they believe a lie at some point in their life that it's just up to me now. And if I don't come through, this whole thing's falling over. And I, f- I feel the weight of that on a constant basis. But the reality is that every person has a father. 
in heaven who loves them and cares for them. So we're, we're never actually on our own. And that's not just for the men, that's for all the, all the women as well. You're never on your own. You have a God who loves you and a God who cares for you. So that wave right there cannot swamp someone who knows that they have a God who loves them and is for them. Does that make sense? And so never believe the lie that you're the small insignificant thing that's going to get swamped by life. Jesus paid the price and said, hey, I'm never, I'm never abandoning you. You're never going to be an orphan. I'm going to put my spirit in you. You're going to cry out, Abba, Father. And so you don't need to be overwhelmed with life. You need to be still and just know that I'm God. You just need to give me your stuff and know that I'm God. I'm taking care of it. Come on, you just need to stay connected to me and just realize, hey, right there on that beach, I'm right there with you, and the wave's not taking me out, so it's not going to take you out. Come on, somebody. So be still and know that he is God. So I think I've already said everything I need to say. So if the team could come up, we're going to land this plane. Hmm. Does that make sense? Does that make, do I need to go over that again? I'm like trusting the Lord that I'd probably, my wife's not here to tell me don't preach it for a third time, Corey. It's all right, I've still got my closing prayer, so you'll get it again. (laughs) So with that, all joking aside, I have to learn to trust the Lord and be still and understand that there's always gonna be external pressures in my world. Jesus didn't come to take away my external pressures. Be overwhelmed 